Radio Influence. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Good evening and welcome to a fight week edition of the Valor Hour. At long last, it's been too long since we've been able to say it is fight week. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and uh, today we got a full show. It's going to be a big one. We're going to start things off in round one with a couple interviews from a couple of the competitors that are going to be competing at this Friday's Valor 71 event from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to talk to one half of the main event. Carter Beekman first, and then after that, we'll talk to Sam McAlpin, uh, who's in the co-main event. Uh, we'll do a brief recap of the UFC uh, card from this past weekend, and then uh, what y'all came for. The picks panel is back, and uh, we'll we'll run through all the fights for uh, this weekend's event, break them all down, and get the uh, the opinions of our uh, our sometimes expert, sometimes not so expert picks panel. Uh, but before we get into all that, let's get into our first uh, round of the night, and that's going to be an interview with. Carter Beatman, let's get him on the line. All right, we have got Carter Beatman on the line ahead of his main event bout going down Friday night, July 3rd, from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. He'll be vying for that vacant welterweight strap against the Amish assassin, Alan Miller. We got Carter Beatman on the line. Carter, how's it going? It's going great, man. I'm I'm pumped for Friday. I can't wait. Me too, man. Now, this is not your first time on the line, so you know we've, we've mentioned before, and uh, now you'll be going into your first main event fight here, first title opportunity as well. Uh, you know, just a little backstory: you were originally supposed to compete for the the lightweight strap back at the March 28th event at Saudi Daisy that got canceled at the last minute. So uh, I think a lot of people put on a little bit of COVID weight in that uh, quarantine time, and now you'll be competing for that 170 title, which isn't really that big a stretch because you fought most of your fights at 170 so far, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, because of COVID, I kind of beat back up a little bit. I got up to like 185, and and then I had a, I had to cut down. But here recently, I've been just maintaining 170. I, I feel great. And, uh, you know, after this win, I'm going to continue to go down to 155, and, and then I'll fight for the 55 strap in September, and then just keep on, keep on raining. Outstanding, man. Uh, you know, you're a guy that is, has demonstrated just some – fight altering power uh over the course of your uh, career so far some big knockouts uh, a lot of aggression a lot of athleticism explosion uh talk a little bit about the the training for this fight you know you've got alan miller coming up and well i'm going to get your opinion on that matchup in just a second but has the covid uh situation impacted your training for this fight have you had to make some adjustments or have you been able to kind of do it like normal um no for this fight uh, all the gyms were back open, so I actually got to do a you know eight week training camp, and everything was fine. Um, back in March and everything, when that was going on, um, when our gyms did get closed down, that definitely caused a lot of trouble to getting the training and everything uh, for the Nick fight. But uh, now nah, for this fight, it was fine. Yeah, our gyms are back open. I go to Golds, I'll go to you know Chats, and it, it's great. And now, you know, this will be your uh, third bout under the Blaylocks uh, banner down there. You had your first two fights essentially as an independent um, and, and still performing really well. Uh, then you joined Blaylocks uh, uh, for your third fight and, uh, you know, have had nothing but success since. Talk a little bit about uh, how those guys have been able to kind of round your game out. 
Oh, man. I'm, I mean, yeah, when I was fighting as an independent, now my dad teach me boxing and everything growing up. And uh, Chet came up to me after the Emory fight and asked me to join the gym. And, man, dude, that if you want to get better, that, that's the place to go to. I mean, Chet knows his, Chet knows his stuff from top to bottom. He sits there and he, um, you know, he has one-on-one with us. He, he doesn't let you get away with mistakes. I mean, it's, it's a very tough gym. Um, it's a legit MMA gym. And boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Muay Thai, uh, it, it's the whole nine yards, man. And all my training partners, man, whew, that shit. We have to sit there and be like, all right, are we going to go light or are we going to sit here and bang? And, man, if we sit there and bang, somebody's coming out with a you know bloody nose or cut eye or hell we've had people get knocked out during training i mean dude this jets gym blaylocks is it's, it's a one-of-a-kind gym it's helped me tremendously and i cannot wait to just continue with him and see what the future holds you know that's one of the things i've always kind of bragged on blaylocks for is just like more than anything he turns out just grizzled tough you know, skilled guys that, you know, you're very rarely going to see a guy come out that Chet has put his stamp on that's not ready to compete, you know? I'm, no doubt. Uh, yeah, Chet doesn't, Chet doesn't let us perform unless he thinks we're ready. We can sit there and say we're ready, we're ready, as long as, you know, as much as we want. But if Chet doesn't think we're ready, we're not fighting. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about this match, man. You're uh, you're taking on Alan Miller out of the Somerset Martial Arts uh, Group, formerly known as uh, the Adversity Training Center in Somerset, Kentucky. Uh, he, he's a guy that we've seen a couple times on uh, Valor events. I'm not sure if you've been on the same events with him or not, but he's he's uh, one and one uh, with sp- two split decisions, a win and a loss to Parker Beekman. So he's been in there with some pretty tough guys, uh, pretty decent sized fellow. Now, this will be his debut up at 170, I believe. He has been fighting on 155 in the past so that kind of uh you know evens out the playing field as far as like both you guys really um you know we're kind of 155 guys that are that are gonna meet at 170 given the circumstances now uh he's uh he's a guy that, uh, i talked to him last week and he's a character man he had a great story he's he uh he escaped the amish uh he grew up amish like horse and carriage the whole works and, and he ran away from home in the middle of the night at 16 years old to uh come pursue this so he's definitely got an interesting story have you, have you had a chance to look him up and and, and see how you guys kind of match up yeah um yeah that's a, a cool story hopefully we can uh, you know have a beer and talk about that that sounds pretty cool um but uh yeah i looked him up i watched his film um uh, uh, his stand-up um i don't i don't think he's gonna be able to stand up with me i think i'm just too fast and too strong his last fight I, he got hit instantly and the guy stunned him and I personally think I hit a lot harder than that guy, um, as my resume shows. So stand up, I think I'll be okay. I mean, he's tall. You know, he's 5'10". Um, and you're right. You said this is his first fight at 170, which means that he's going to be heavier than usual. This is not This is not new for me. Shit, I, I, can, I feel great. I feel like a little bunny on my feet at 170. 55, I can move even better. So, honestly, I, I'm just going to go out there and do what I need to do. Um, I didn't see anything where I really need to hesitate. Maybe we get to the ground. Maybe he's dangerous down there. But I train ground just as much as I train stand up. So I think I think my training will be just fine. So you know, this will be your first time main eventing. Uh, any uh, does that add any extra pressure? Is it one of those things where you're you're happy to be able to fight a little later in the night, or are you one of those guys that likes to get out there and, and get it over with? 
you know, that's, uh, that's actually a good question. I was talking about that with my mom. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, usually, you know, I've, I've only had four fights. And every fight that I've had, um, I usually keep getting deeper and deeper into the card. And, uh, you know, that's cool. That's, that's fantastic being the main event. And uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, usually I kind of like to just get out there and get it, you know, get it over with and let's go. So, you know, now – you know, if I get there at six, I'm going to have to sit there for three hours. Just like uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Here, um, no, in the last fight, I was a little nervous, you know, because, you know, I was one of the later fights, but it didn't seem to affect much. So, uh, hopefully the main event, hopefully this will this will make me fight better. You know, this is a, I got a bigger audience, you know, I'm on a bigger platform. So, I need to embrace this moment and just do the best that I can. What about the, you know, this is going to be uh, a little bit of a learning curve for all of us involved, honestly, because this is our first fight back, uh, you know, after all the restrictions, there's going to be, you know, uh, mandatory that, you know, everybody at the cage has got to wear masks in the corners and the officials and, and it'll just be a little bit different than what we're used to. Is, uh, is, all, is any of that a distraction to you or have you been able to kind of keep tunnel vision on the task at hand? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be able to keep tasks on hand. I mean, I'm getting locked in a cage with another guy, and the other way I'm getting out is unless he's unconscious or I am. So I don't think people wearing masks is really gonna take my mind off that. Mm-hmm. No doubt, it is cool that we are gonna have fans. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you've been watching UFC and things like that where they've been doing it without fans and they've been pulling it off pretty well, in my opinion. But I still think it would be a little tough to kind of get used to for the fighter, I would think, especially if you kind of thrive on that adrenaline and that 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 kind of bump that you get from from the roar of the crowd, I would imagine. You're right. You're right. You know, this I mean, hell, that's, that's what we train for. We train so we can go put on a show for everybody. And if nobody's there, I mean. I think it does lose a little bit of the aspect, you know, because it's like, wow, who am I doing this for? Right. I mean, yes, there's that self-love. Well, I love MMA and I love to fight, but I also like to perform for other people, you know, show them what I can do. So without that factor, yeah, I think personally it would affect me a little bit, maybe, maybe until I got used to it. Well, man, uh, luckily we're not going to have to uh, worry about this, that this weekend. I think we're going to have a, uh, a really live crowd there. You know, I think a lot of people are just jonesing to get back out there and see some fights. It's been months now since we've been able to have an event. So I think you're in for a, a really rowdy crowd there at the Joe. You fought there a couple of times. It's a it's a it's a lively venue for sure. So I think we'll we'll have a good energy about it. Uh, before I let you go, man, I want I want to let you give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, if you've got any sponsors or tra- uh, training partners, friends, family, you want to show some love, I'll let you do that. And then uh, finish it off by letting us know where we can follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, shout out to Playlock IMB. Anybody in the Chattanooga area or anywhere within an hour, come check us out, man. We are, it, it, you're gaining a new family. You know, shout out to, you know, Chet. Um, you know, shout out to my training partners, Andrew. You know, Bubba Cruz came and helped me out. Logan Neal, um, Joseph Long, Bu- uh, Billy Swanson, you know, Greg Hopkins. Shout out to everybody. Um, shout out to my one sponsor, uh, Kisser Paven. That's my best friend's uh, payment company. And uh, follow me on social media at just Carter Beekman on Instagram or Carter Beekman on Facebook. All right. This has been Carter Beekman, one of the Southeast top rising prospects. He'll be fighting for gold for the first time in the main event of this Friday's July the 3rd, Valor 71. It goes down from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe's. If you need tickets, 
the floor is sold out. That's been gone for, for weeks. So there's only a few general admission tickets left. We'll have limited capacity here given the circumstances. But uh, go to Fighter Ticks with an X and make sure you select Carter Beekman's name to give him some love. And if you can't make it there live, you can watch the live pay-per-view at VFCMMA.com. So if you can't make it there in person, uh, be sure to tune in and cheer Carter on uh, via pay-per-view. Thanks so much for the time, Carter. I'm looking forward to seeing you in just a couple days. Yes, sir, man. I'll see you soon. All right, thanks so much to Carter Beekman for joining us. Good luck to him and his fight here uh, in just another couple short days. Let's go on to our next guest here tonight, and that is Sam McAlpin. He'll be getting ready to co-main event this show now against the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee. It all goes down again Friday, July the 3rd from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sam, how's it going, my man? Going good, brother. Daddy Mac Productions, Valor FC and the AFC coming together to blow to blow the whole uh, stinking game up. You know what I mean? I appreciate I the it. opportunity, guys. I like the promo cutting skills as well, my man. Uh, of course, so. you'll be uh, you'll be getting back in the Valor case for the first time now uh, in a, in a couple of years, and also uh, about a hundred pound slimmer. Uh, you'll be uh, fighting this fight at one hundred and fifty five pounds, and if I'm not mistaken, this will be your first time doing one fifty five. Is that true? Uh, my first fight I ever had when I was 16 was at 155, but my first sanctioned fight at 155, yeah. Very good. Uh, Sam, you fought a heavyweight, uh, you know, uh, earlier in your career, uh, was undersized a little bit as a heavyweight, but still managed to land some big knockouts. So you've proven that you've got knockout power. And uh, I'm assuming that's going to carry down to the lightweight division here. And you've got a banger on your hands here. Uh, Brandon McGee, he's a guy that we've seen uh, quite a bit in the last year. He's He came on the scene later than you, but he's been really active, you know, over the last year or so. Talk a little bit about this matchup. You know, he's a guy that comes forward. He's a, He's not a guy that backs down. He much like yourself, he likes to throw hands. Uh, you know, he's got the Honey Badger nickname, so he's tenacious. You've already shown that, you know, you whenever you go out there, you're, you're either going to live or die on the sword. So I, I expect fireworks here. What, what say you? Yeah, it's like you said, man, we're always uh, able to live or die by the sword. That's just, that's, just, that's just how it is. That's how I looked at it. Actually, when I started getting into the sport, my whole uh, inspiration was Vanderlei. Still, you know, obviously I'm not Vanderlei still, but. Uh, Jeff Powell got in the picture and he's been telling me a lot lately. He said, Sam, you're not a heavyweight anymore. Stop standing there. So, if, so, cause you know how it is. Get cracked in the face. I'm going to, wait, 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 I'm going to get you back. You know, you piece of shit. You can't just do that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we've been getting my jab faster. I always had a decent jab, but man, I've been getting rounds with like Jeff Powell, who, you know, used to train with, uh, used to spar with Sid Wheeler when he was busy. Uh, you know, Jacob Harrell. I got to spar with Christian freaking Eccles, you know. I got to spar with two, uh, kickboxing world champs the other day. I'm not saying I did good. But, you know, it was it was experience that, that I don't think he probably had. Uh, no disrespect to my opponent at all. I am coming to knock him clean, slap out in front of everybody there, his whole family, same as he's trying to do to me. You know what I mean? It's not bad blood. But I, I know from what I've heard from everybody, he's a very tough guy. He, he's, uh, he's, he's ready to go. He's ready to realize, uh, you know, as long as he makes weight and stuff, you know, pretty easy. We should have a uh, all signs point to a three-round war. I'm aiming for a knockout always. So if he comes out there and gets sloppy, I'm going to send one down the pipe, and that'll be that. Well, you know, you've been talking uh, a little bit just now about some of the training that you've been getting leading up to this. Uh, you know, the transformation you've made physically is uh, applaudable for sure. You know, it's uh, it, it's very, very impressive. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jeff Powell is a guy that's uh, kind of leading the charge down there in Alabama. Uh, you know, you guys have changed up your training situation, uh, I, I guess, over the last year or so, year and a half. Uh, talk a little bit yeah. about that. You know, what uh, what have you guys done oh, uh, You know, as far as kind of, you know, uh, molding your team into a little more well-rounded group? 
We got Jeff Powell on board, man. Uh, we got to train. Uh, we got to have a seminar the other day with Elijah Carlton. He'll be coming in steady all the time to do jiu-jitsu training for us now on Mondays. Uh, I had to I dropped the ball on that. I wasn't supposed to tell nobody, but I did, uh, which is awesome for the team. You know, and Jeff Powell, man, I, I call him Jeffrey Dahmer because he'll eat your ass up. You know what I mean? And uh, he came in there and he he really got after us and uh and and you know showed us what we was doing wrong. And we're still learning. It's not like we're all perfect. You know, it, at the end of the day, man, you know, I know, he knows. It's very possible I leave, on, you know, I, the night ends with me on my back. I've worked very hard to make sure that doesn't happen, you know. Jeff's got us, you know, we're, we're practicing six days a week. You know, we do striking, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Muay Thai, every, everything you can shake a stick at, we do it. So I, I think wherever the fight goes, we're ready. And it, it's honestly all thanks to Jeff. I've been in a, you know, y'all seen my old fights. They aren't so great. Uh, but I've been at every mixed martial arts gym there was here in DeKalb County since there was one of just the best coaches we've ever had, bar none. And personally, I feel like he's one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, look at Stick Wheeler, kid's a freak. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of a lot of solid guys have, uh, have developed under Jeff Powell. Now, you know, uh, yeah, and and from Chet Blaylock too. I mean, yeah, I think Jeff Jeff trained under Chet. Okay, yes. Carter Bateman. Uh, 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 you know, everybody else that comes out of there, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And, and we our lineage goes to there. So it's a very exciting time. The sport's growing in our area in the south. And uh, I'm happy to be back rolling, man. I really am. Well, you know, uh, I'm even more impressed with the fact you're taking this fight. Now, if the, those that don't know it, Sam is also the promoter for the AFC, the Alabama Fighting Championship. And they were uh, kind of in the same boat with us as we were having the uh, COVID situation with postponing shows through uh, through the spring. Uh, you know, your show's coming up just uh, just a week after. Is it or is it two weeks after? You're a week after One two week. weeks after. One week yeah. after. So, you know, props to you for, for jumping in here, going through a, a training camp, getting yourself ready for a fight, which is a full time endeavor in its own uh, in a, in a, in at the same time uh, while promoting a big show down there. Uh, what is that? Is that stressful to you or is it something where it kind of you know, is it a good thing in how it kind of divides your time? So you're not just like 100 percent always focused on promoting a show. You're just like, OK, well, now it's training time. I can kind of like uh, detach from that a little bit. Um, you know, Tim, you know better than anybody who's been at it a lot longer than I am. It's always a full time job. But, uh, I mean, I'd be stressed. I mean, I get, uh, I'd be stressed either way. I think, I didn't think about it like the way you said it until you said it just now. Getting to split it up has been, I think, a blessing. You know, it's, uh, this, now we're training. I collect some paperwork at the gym. Uh, and now, now we're working on the show. We're sitting in the commission. Uh, it's all real stressful, you know. It really, really truly is. But and if it was something I didn't love like I do, and you too, or you'd have done quit a long time ago, I would have done quit a long time ago. <laughs> now you know you've got uh, you know you've mentioned you know, you want to go out here and do this fight so you can kind of you know uh, tell your fighters Ride you know, that way, Bubba. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and, and it's it's kind of cool. You can tell your fighters, you know, I've gone out here and done it. I'm not asking you to do something that that I won't do, I and I applaud that because I I haven't done it. You know, uh, so yeah, I think that's a really cool thing. Now, uh, it has to work out nice for your training, though. I had to figure because you got so many guys that are getting ready for the AFC a week later, and so you kind of get to just fall right in line with with just peaking just right about the same time with them. Oh yeah, and truthfully, man, it's all just keeping up, like. Like I, I've never said for like one second that I'm one of the best guys at that gym. They tell me I am because, you know, they're good teammates. They're my homies and stuff. But there's way better people than me up there and, and better people that I spar with. So the the fact that they're giving me rounds and they let me train there, you know what I mean? It's 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 awesome, especially knowing that I work with all the gyms that I do. Uh, you know, they could be uh, iffy about things, but but they let me come in. They treat me just like a member of the team, and it's, it's amazing. I, I, I could not be 
happier. I love that gym. Man, I'm super excited to see it go down. Uh, before I let you go, first, I want to let you give a little uh, a little uh, pitch, a little uh, promo for the AFC show. Let us know uh, when, where that's going down, how you can get tickets, and if you can't go, how, how you can watch it, all that, all that good stuff. I'll let you do your plug. Awesome, man. Uh, Sam McAlpin versus the Honey Badger, July 3rd, VFC at the Cotton Eye Joe. We're going to tear the whole house down. He ain't coming in to lose, and neither am I. Y'all get your tickets quick, because uh, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to pack that house out. And if you miss it, you're going to be sad about it. One of us is going to sleep. July 11th, AFC 4, Rainsville, Alabama, uh, Langford versus uh, Harold. It's a ridiculous card. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of delays. Every fight that got changed got changed for the better. Get your tickets ASAP and get them from all the fighters. And one more thing before you go, man, I'll let you give you some shout outs, any uh, training partners, uh, family sponsors, uh, anything like that you want to uh, give some love to and then uh, finish this off with where we can uh, find you on social media. For sure, man. Got to give a big shout out to all the guys at the PMAC for, for making me feel like I got a home. You know what I mean? It's awesome. I've never been happier in my life. Uh, shout out to Chris Nichols and Joseph Humphrey, you know, for, for getting me around, you know, and then uh, shout out to all the guys at Blaylock Sign B for giving me some rounds, man. I, I was there with y'all, man. Carter Bigman, good luck, buddy. Uh, it, it was rough. It was a rough, rough, rough sparring session, man. Y'all could have sold tickets for that. I saw everybody getting after it, man. Uh, man, shout out to all our sponsors, uh, uh, the Willow Tree in Henniger, Alabama. Uh, there's so many. I can't, Magic, uh, Magic Expediting LLC. There's so many. I should have wrote all this down, but I wasn't prepared. Uh, there's just really way too many people to thank. And thank you, Tim, for, for, for leading the charge in the South, man. We're ready to go. Once again, this has been uh, one of the more colorful characters you're going to meet. A really good dude. Sam McAlpin ahead of his co-main event against the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, before he promotes his own show at the AFC a week later. Uh, you can see him uh, at the uh, at the Cotton Eye Joe, though, this Friday. Uh, get your tickets at Fighter Ticks. That's ticksworthenext.com. Make sure you select Sam McAlpin so he gets the, the credit there. And if you can't be there live, you can check it out at VFCMMA.com for the pay-per-view. Thanks so much for the time, Sam. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you, brother. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, once again, big thanks to both of our guests for joining us tonight ahead of their main and co-main event bouts, Carter Beekman and Sam McAlpin. Once again, you can catch them at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. And that'll be tomorrow, Friday, July the 3rd. Uh, and uh, again, those guys are going to put on a great show. Looking forward to it. You can watch the pay-per-view if you can't be there live at VFCMMA.com. Moving on to round number two, I'm going to now bring in my uh, my faithful co-host, Justin Watson, as well as a new voice here on the Valor Hour, a longtime friend of mine, Corey Weigel, is going to join us as well. And we're going to break down uh, briefly the UFC card that went down this past weekend. Uh, guys, how's it going, Justin? Uh, you are, it's fight week, dude. You're It's it's, it's finally back. You ready to, to judge some fights this weekend? Yeah, man, it seems like it's been forever. I can't believe it's finally here. It's uh, The days have crept up on me, and I'll be uh, be heading towards Tennessee in a couple of days. Uh, Corey, you've done some judging and whatnot in the past. You'll be on hand, of course, this uh, weekend as well. Uh, I know you're excited to uh, get back to action, and, uh, and I'm excited to have you here on the show with us, man. How's it going? Yeah, man, I appreciate you for having me. It's uh, it's going well. You know, we've been doing this, gosh, for a while. You and me just riding in cars talking about fights. So oh, I yeah. can do this with you all day long, man. And I'm, I'm a nerd for the game. And I like, you know, like we were talking over the weekend, I like to think I can call a lot of fights. So we'll see how I'll do this weekend with uh, Valor. 
Well, let's go over this card we had this past weekend. It was a UFC uh, uh, from the Apex Center in Las Vegas. Once again, a closed show highlighted by a big main event. And this was one, guys, that I was probably the most excited for out of all the the fights that we've had since we have come back from the – from the lockdown, uh, from an action perspective, you, one just had to know that this was going to be good, and it was. Dustin the Diamond Poirier gets a unanimous decision win over Dan the Hangman Hooker. It was kind of a tale of two fights. I, I personally had Hooker going out there and winning the first two rounds, but then the tide kind of turned in the third, and Poirier started to pull away, got all the last three rounds. But both guys had uh, an excellent performance. They both kept a, an extremely high pace. Both landed some big shots. Both absorbed some big shots, and at the end of the day, yeah, Poirier was just too much. Uh, I went with Hooker on this one, and uh, this was a bad card for me. First of all, I mean, it was atrociously bad. If I if I could have faded myself in every fight, I would have come out really good. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Justin, your thoughts on this main event? Man, it delivered like we talked about. You know, Dan Hooker's a, an excellent striker, but Poirier's just been doing it for so long. You know, everything he does is super crisp, super clean. Um, his defense could have been a little bit better. He took took a little few more strikes than I think uh, he needed to in the fight. But um, but I mean that's credit to Dan Hooker too. You know, being able to land those shots and it was a hell of a fight, man. My heart goes out to Dan Hooker right now. You know, he's back in New Zealand and he's on a two week mandatory uh, quarantine. So he posted a picture yesterday or the day before, I think, of his daughter uh, behind like um, like a gate a gate. You know, like. 15 feet away from him or something so he had to go out there and lose a fight and now he's got to sit at home and not be able to see his kid for the next two weeks but um but man yeah that main main event delivered for sure uh Corey, your thoughts yeah i uh from a betting perspective i just went with the decision here i really i wanted to take Boyer regardless i was still a little hurt i had failed her last time out against hooker and that one hurt me in the hurt me in the wall a little bit but uh the big thing I saw here, man, Poirier, just like Justin said, he looked real crisp. I think I looked it up. He hit almost 75% of the strikes, you know, accuracy-wise. And uh, he just, you know, I knew if Hooker, if Hooker, Hooker couldn't end it early, I knew Poirier would close that fight out in the end. And that's what, you know, he showed up. Co-main event. Uh, this one wasn't too big a surprise to me, uh, but uh, there were some people that were on the, the loser here. Mike Perry gets the unanimous decision win over Mickey Gall. Um, and uh, I, I personally, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say a little bit, uh, there's a lot of talk leading up to this fight about how Perry had ditched his camp. He was just going to have his girlfriend in his corner. And I think a lot of people kind of bought into that angle and be like, oh man, you know, Mickey Gall is going to submit him, you know, because uh, he doesn't have any coaching to, to help him out of this. And I, my whole thing was like, Mickey Gall's not going to be able to get him to the ground to, to submit him, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, uh, Perry, I'm not saying Perry just looked the best we've ever seen, but I knew that pretty much, you know, least level Mike Perry was going to be good enough to get the job done against Mickey Gall, who just hasn't fought anywhere near the level of competition that Mike Perry has faced up till now. Uh, Corey. Yeah, I mean, you actually, you called me out on Facebook when I was I was talking a little bit of smack about Perry looking like a bum coming with no camp, anything like that. I really thought Gall might come out and show out. But Perry showed up. I think he uh, he stuffed every single takedown. I think Gall was 0 for 6 on the takedown. I think Perry got a takedown on his own, got a knockdown. I mean, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't his greatest showing, but he did show up and he got the win. I really expected the expected a finish from him if he did win. I did not see him getting a decision out of that. I would have. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I actually thought he'd get him out of there too. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on that one? 
I was with Corey, man. I thought that for the for the money, you know, taking golf as a dog was a good play. But, um, but yeah, he he, did, he just didn't show that he belonged in there. I mean, um, you know, to be out grappled by Mike Perry is the last thing that I that I saw coming. Um, but you know, Perry dominated the whole fight, and uh, you know, it, we had to keep in mind. You know, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but that was Mickey Gall's what ninth fight. All but one have been in the UFC. Um, so, you know, he, he was hand fed some easy fights and, you know, now he's getting to these tougher guys and it's just, he, he hasn't had the, the adversity coming up, you know, um, that these guys have. So I think that's, what's going to set him apart. But, uh, he, yeah, he, he fucked me on that one. Well, don't feel bad. Cause that's the only fight I called all night, right? Um, the, uh, <laughs> the rest of the uh, main card went a little something like this. Maurice Green with a uh, some kind of submission, an arm triangle, they're calling it, over John Volante late into the third round with Volante essentially nearly in mount. Uh, just exhaustion, I guess. I was on Volante there. But if I had to run it back with those odds, I'd probably run it back again because I honestly think Volante probably still probably should have won that fight. But Green's garbage. Uh, Brendan Allen with a unanimous decision win over Kyle Dawkins. That was a great fight that was a Dawkins really brought it he was impressive for uh you know a, a debut UFC fighter uh Takashi Sato takes uh, out Jason Witt very quickly with a 48 second knockout or TKO and uh, Witt was there on like two days notice I want to say and Juliana Rosa with a big upset over uh, Sean Woodson via submission Darce choke third round and that one probably busted a lot of parlays Justin yeah the Morris Green you know I think he kind of just pulled one out there at the end um I, I thought that going into the fight, I wasn't too concerned with the Brennan Allen and Kyle Dawkins fight, but um, Kyle Dawkins made made the most of of that um, of that show for sure. Um, I hit hit on both of those. I, the only one that I got wrong all night was the Sean Woodson fight, and I think that well, and the Mike Perry one. But um, I think damn near everybody had Sean Woodson, and uh, you know Jordan or Julian Arosa. You know he, he he knew he needed to get back in the UFC. He needed to get this big win and. Uh, he came out and capitalized on it. Any of these uh, other main card fights stand out to you, Corey? I was just going to step in right when he said that about Julian Arosa and just to point out to people, if you put $10 on him to get that submission, it paid out $250. That's how that's how least expected that one was. But no, the only other one, other than what he just brought up, I have to shout out to my guy, Kamal Worthy. I told a lot of my friends all week that uh, I thought he was going to sneak in there and get that win in the small cage. I really like Luis Pena. I, you know, much love to him, but I've seen Kama fight a few times in person. I, I watched his war with Felder on tape a few times, and uh, that was a big win for me on the books. And then, of course, the uh, the undercard was a, a brief win. Where there was a lot of uh, last-minute drops on this card, as we've been seeing quite a bit here um, lately. It was Kama Worthy scored a big upset uh, victory over Luis Pena with a submission in the third round. Corey, I'll give you props. You called that win. No, well, you called the win. I don't. I, you didn't call the submission, but you called the win. Yeah, I had the KO, just the win, but not the, um, not the submission. Yeah, I would have never – like, the. I think you told me that the submission uh, victory for Worthy was plus 2,000 or plus 2,500. 101. So if you uh, took a shot at that, which I never would have, uh, you cashed real big. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could have cashed real big. 
Uh, we had Tanner Bozer getting a uh, big knockout in the first round over Felipe Lins. Uh, man, and I, ooh, I'm done with Lins for sure. If I ever say I'm taking Lins again, then please beat me uh, because, uh, man, that's, ooh, that's bad. Kay Hansen with a uh, submission uh, in the third round over Jin Yu Frey, uh, an arm bar, gets her uh, win over the former Invicta Atomweight world champion. And then Yusef Zalal gets a unanimous decision win over Jordan Griffin that – I had uh, Griffin winning that, but it was close enough to where I'm not like real mad about it. Uh, anything on these prelims stand out, Corey? Man, that one, the, the, the Kay Jansen fight, I know you probably heard him talking about it. I, I'd hate to be that guy that was sweating after that fir- first round. I think he dropped roughly $37,000 on that fight. And uh, she ended up finishing the second round, but uh, at the start of the second round, she was a plus 250 underdog. So if you're sitting in a casino as that guy, you were – you were sweating some people's salary yearly, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, the undercard it was they were they all showed up, and I'm with you with Lens. I'm out on that guy. I went with the no decision on that fight overall. I figured somebody was going to get dropped, and uh, the first fight to start the night, I kind of feel felt like Zalal was going to point his way point his way to a decision. I really like Griffin too. I kind of thought he might get in there and get another win, but Zalal's just I think he's on another level. Justin, close out this card. Anything on the uh, prelims uh, stand up? Uh, the two biggest performances for me, I think, were Kamal Worthy and Kay Hansen. Um, you know, I, I took both of them and, and was sweating both of them during the fight a little bit. Um, you know, but Kamal Worthy is just a dangerous, dangerous dude. And um, he's been doing this for a long time. You know, I, I think that overall experience, I think he, he's kind of got the upper hand on Pena, even though Pena has been in the UFC for a little while now. But, um I had a feeling that that was coming. I, I didn't see the submission uh, coming for sure, though. Um, and then I, I think it was a big win for Kay Hansen. I think they did a good job uh, promoting her before the fight. You know, I had Willow and I had her in there watching it. You know, I was like, you know, you, this is something cool. You know, you can check out. And um, she got all into it and stuff. So I, I thought that was a good performance for her. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this recap of the UFC on ESPN Plus event. No UFC this week. Uh, we do have Invicta, uh, and when this is released, it'll be tonight, we'll say, uh, Thursday night on Fight Pass. We've got a couple of uh, Valor vets competing on that show. We've got Olivia Parker uh, making her Invicta debut on that show against Chelsea Chandler. And also, uh, we've got uh, Gina Gooden on that card who will be um, taking on, oh, man, I can't remember her name, but, but it's uh, it's a debut girl that's undefeated from Florida. It's like 7-0 amateur. So uh, good luck to those ladies as they uh, represent the region on uh, Invicta. Uh, Let's move on now, though, to uh, the moment y'all been waiting for, and that is the Valor 71 picks panel and preview. Let's get the gang on the line. All right, now for the main portion of the show, it is the picks and preview for this weekend's VFC 71 event from the world-famous Todd Night Joe's. You can catch it live on pay-per-view vfcmma.com and if you can be there live in person you can get your tickets at fighter ticks with an x.com we're starting fresh with a uh, panel of everybody set at zero since the covid shutdown we're just going to start over it's uh, returning champion greg hopkins uh, we've got the voice of our jeff hobbs we've got paul the ninja turtle teague and then Corey weigel also going to sit in on picks panel with us as well justin will keep the tally and uh, the order of which we will pick i will give a breakdown of each fight with Let's get to it. 
We've got three combat BJJ matches to start off the evening at 5.30. We're going to start a little bit early with those, so make sure you're there early. Uh, up first, it is the real Bulldog, Robert Davis, last seen in a losing effort to Chad Finnerty in MMA. I think this will be his first combat BJJ match. And for those that aren't familiar, that's the slap grappling. So uh, they can strike on the ground with open palms, but uh, there is no striking on the feet. It's essentially a grappling match with slapping. Uh, he'll be taking on uh, the uh, the Hammer of Justice. Uh, man, Darren Hastings in his first combat BJJ match. I believe Darren is a blue belt at KMAA. And um, I don't know if this is something we're seeing him kind of uh, transition over to uh, combat BJJ full time or if it is going to be uh, just uh, in between MMA fights. But uh, that's what we got up first. Justin, who's, uh, who's picking all right, Greg. We're gonna start with you. All righty. Uh, I, I was um, man, Darren Hastings. He's getting a little older and up in age. Uh, I don't I, like you said about the, the you know the uh, changing into MMA from or MMA, uh, combat jiu from MMA. I think it's a good idea for him in between fights right now. Uh, but the I don't the uh, the the ultimate adjudicator. Uh, I'm gonna go with Darren Hastings here. All right, Hobbs. Did we lose Hobbs. Uh, well, apparently Greg still doesn't listen. No matter how much time. Uh, Oh. <laughs> no matter how much time we've been gone, Greg still doesn't listen to the rules. Yeah, right. Um, but I'm going to take the real bulldog, Robert Davis. <laughs> All right, Paul. Uh, I'm going to go with Hobbs and with Davis. All right, and Corey? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Davis myself as well. Wow. All right, three for Davis, one for uh, Hastings. That's a bit surprising to me. It is um, me too. Yeah. Up next is going to be uh, probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most because it's just kind of like a circus in a way. Uh, it is going to be uh, it's going to be Adam Sylvie, the head uh, trainer at the Wolves Den uh, Martial Arts. We saw him do his MMA debut uh, a few months back. Real great guy. Uh, he's been helping uh, Chad Finnerty with his training up on this, and he takes this notice. Uh, this I'm sorry, he takes this fight on about a week's notice, and he'll be going against uh, Brian Jackson, Stone Hands, guy we've seen a lot over the last year but really more known for his striking skills uh, even though he does hold a submission win uh, over Caleb Miller uh, to his credit so he can grapple in there but uh, it'll be Adam Sylvie taking on uh, Stonehands Brian Jackson all right Hobbs uh, I'm gonna go Sylvie Paul um I'm gonna say it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a draw I don't think neither one's gonna be able to submit each other it's gonna be a good match okay all right and Corey I went purely on the trap flex here and went with Sylvie. <laughs> All right, finish this up, Greg. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was muted. I'm sitting there talking shit. Uh, guy, I got to go with Brian Jackson here. Nobody else went for him. I'm going to pull it. That's why I'm the champ. <laughs> All right, so Greg takes Jackson, Hobbs and Corey take Sylvie, and Paul with the draw. All right. In our final combat jiu-jitsu match, we'll see the ladies. It's going to see uh, Hannah Rosario, who we saw go, go to a draw in our last combat jiu-jitsu match against KMAA's Katie Ogle. She's getting ready to make her pro debut um, next month against Christina Ricker. But uh, in this one, she was originally going to grapple against Taylor Turner. But Taylor Turner ended up having to go to Invicta to corner Olivia Parker. So now she will uh, get... Uh, Emily King, uh, Jason King's wife, Emily King, Bellator vet, um, you know, accomplished grappler herself. And Hannah has shown a knack to, you know, to be able to get in there and hang with these girls. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes down. All right, Paul. I'm going with Hannah, most definitely. Corey? I'm going to take King on this one. Greg? 
Mistake me if I'm wrong. Kane's got to win in Bellator, right? I'm going to go with her. You are not wrong. Hobbs? I'm going to go King. I'm going to go King, too. <laughs> All right. Everybody but Paul going with Emily. Paul taking Hannah. All right. Now we get on to the uh, the full contact portion. We've uh, got uh, Ty Rules kickboxing leading off the main card, 215 pounds. It'll be Gabe Tayara, one and one, with that one win coming by knockout out of the combat performance uh, gym in Hendersonville, North Carolina, under the tutelage of Nick Martino. Um, he is going to be taking on Landon Peppers, who is making his debut out of the Agogi Combatives uh, camp in Chattanooga, Tennessee, younger brother of Nikki and Hank Peppers. So this will be the first. First time we've seen young peppers in action. Uh, Tayar is a tough guy. You know, he's been in there uh, doing MMA as well. So he comes into this, even though he's only had two, um, two kickboxing matches, he's probably had another two or three MMA fights. So the experience is with him, but uh, you know, the hype's with peppers. All right, Corey, you want to get us started? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take peppers here. I actually saw one of his brothers fight uh, a couple years back, and uh, I'm just going to go. He's probably been taking a lot of beatings growing up, being the youngest of three, and that's uh, that's where I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> All right, Greg? Yeah, those beatings are still going on to this day in the gym. Uh, peppers all the way. Hobbs? Uh, Tiara. All right, Paul? Uh, where did you, you say Tiara was out of? He's and with Nick Martino's combat performance. One and one in tie with one knockout. Peppers. I got beat by boy for, I got beat by Logan Neal from that gym. I gotta go with Peppers. All right. So everybody taking peppers except for Hobbs. All right, that moves us on to our first MMA bout, a catch weight, 195 pounds. It is Arrow X, Timothy Blevins, coming in with a record of 0-1, representing Team Pack Pride in West Jefferson, North Carolina. This will be the uh, first time we've seen Blevins in well over a year, maybe closer to two. Uh, last time out, he was on the bad end of a late-notice late notice fight with uh, Travis Chitwood back at the Shed in Maryville when we were running there. Um, he is looking for his first win here. He's a long, tall guy, uh, just haven't really seen much of him in the cage the little bit i've seen it was over real fast that said that night he was fighting a guy that was like seven and four in his debut um he's taking on chad the freak finnerty two and four fighting independently at this time out of knoxville tennessee formerly training with kmaa i do think they are going to corner him for this fight so we will have eric turner in his corner here but i want to say the majority of his camp's been spent with adam sylvie at the wolves den uh so chad finnerty comes in at two and four against tim blevins oh and one i'll let y'all have it back to you greg <clears throat> uh i know he's he's uh he's wrecking four times but i gotta go with chad finnerty here <laughs> all right <Hob. laughs> Uh, his pictures look good. I'll go with Chad this time. Oh. Uh, old man Chad. Corey? I'm going to throw the curveball just to try to steal a win from all y'all and go with Blevins on this one. <laughs> man, I thought I thought Finnerty was going to take another sweep. He did that before. Yeah, I know. And now he'll, like, seek out Corey to, to find out why he picked against him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be best friends next week. <laughs> if he's listening, I got a big old beard, and I'll be there. You can yeah. 
All right, up next, it's middleweights. Now, this is one of those fights where we really have probably the least amount of information of, of any of the fights. It's, day, uh, it's Gary Claxton. It's a middleweight fight, by the way. MMA, Gary Claxton makes his debut out of Somerset Martial Arts, Somerset, Kentucky. That is formerly known as the Adversity Training Center under Ian Lawler up there. He always brings down well-prepared guys. He'll be taking on Shlomo Boyd, who is also making his debut. He was training with Straight Glass Gym down there in Atlanta, I think, prior to COVID, but I don't know that he's been able to really prepare there for this. So uh, he's claiming Boyd Brothers MMA, which with his name being Boyd, I'm guessing that's kind of his own thing uh, down there in Atlanta. And he looks uh, to be in good shape. Looks like he's prior military. Um, That's about all I got on these guys for y'all. All right, Hawes, what do you think? There's no way that I'm not picking somebody named Shlomo. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Slow mo boy. All right, Paul. Uh, middleweight, the both debuts. Sheesh. You know what? I'm going. With, I'm going with Gary. I want to go with slow mo. I'm going with Gary. Corey. Man, I was uh, I was on the same train as I couldn't bet against a guy named Slow Mo, but I did a little investigating, and I think this Gary Claxton guy just got his blue belt, so I'm gonna put my faith in him tonight uh, or Friday night. So I'm gonna go with Claxton. Corey's back in the blue. <laughs> uh, back in the blue. Uh, who did Paul go with? Paul I think he was Claxton. Claxton. I went Claxton. I'll go. With- I'll go with Claxton then. All right, so uh, I'll go with Claxton. Everybody goes with Claxton except Hobbs. We're all over the place. I like it. Uh, up next <laughs> is a uh, featherweight bout, 145 pounds. It is going to be Daniel Gary looking for his first win. He's 0-2 coming out of the goon squad there, Union, South Carolina. Teammates with Brian Jackson and Bradley Brakefield, who we also have on this card. Teammate of Paul Teague on our picks panel here. Uh, Gary looks to be very strong. Uh, you know, he is vertically challenged, but but he definitely jacked. Uh, you know, he looks like he's very, very put together. And, man, he's hyped for this fight, I can tell just from uh, my interactions with him. He's pumped up for this. He's taking on Dustin Garrett, who is a debut fighter out of DC Combat, which I'm not really familiar with, in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, he is going... Uh, he He's training partner was the guy that fought for us a, a, little, a little under a year ago. And the guy came in and he fought um, a guy from KMAA, uh, Gabriel Atkinson, and he beat him. He was like... Very, very green and raw, but from what I remember, like, extremely tough. Uh, the Dustin Garrett it has done some Naga competitions, it looks like. Uh, that's about all I got on him, man. He's, uh, you know, he's never fought, and he's out of a camp that I'm just not really familiar with. All right, who are we starting with this time? Paul? I think. Paul? Um, we'll go with that. I think so, yeah. I think Hobbs, Hobbs was first last time. Um I'm going with my boy, my, my teammate Daniel, because this is his first fight back since back in January when he had surgery. He's been he's been pumped and ready. He has two fights fall out, so definitely I'm going with my boy Gary. I, I've been watching him train, I've been training with him, and he's pumped, he's enthused, he's ready. He said he's putting somebody to sleep, so let's see. What you got, Corey? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Daniel Gary myself as well. Greg. How old is uh, Dustin Garrett? Seventy-four. He's younger. He's like he's he's like twenty, twenty-one. That was picture that looked twenty-one. 
he think he put one of those little old face things on his picture right there. He's looking old in that picture, man. He's 21 years old. I ain't trying to hate on Dustin, but, man, I'm going to go with a little – I hate to hear that Daniel Gary had a surgery on his shoulder, too, because that makes me want to pick against him, because I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but I got to go with Gary, too. All right, Hobbs. He had hernia surgery. Uh, Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Daniel Gary. All right, clean sweep for Gary there. Okay, up next, uh, let's see. Uh, we've got uh, heavyweights, man. Heavyweight action. We've got Taylor Burton making his debut uh, out of Somerset Martial Arts. Uh, teammates of Gary Claxton, teammates with the main event, Alan Miller. Uh, this will be his first fight. I want to say they told me he's a two-stripe white belt uh, under Ian Lawler there, uh, about 230 pounds. And uh, he'll be taking on C.J. Baker, who uh, C.J.'s a late replacement. He was supposed to be taking on Kevin Minard, who goes everyone. He begged me for a fight and then he just stops replying to anyone. Uh, he has read my messages and just uh, more or less just, a fuck, you know, not even a fuck off, but he's not coming to fight I'm pretty sure. And uh, CJ Baker is taking his place now. He is independent out of East Ridge, Tennessee but he's 2-0. and oh. Uh, he's fought two times. Um, he fought uh, back at the Coliseum, and he had another show up there on the Strike uh, Strike Fest show in Johnson City. His two and zero is against pretty lackluster competition. But that said, he's been in there two times. He's got the win. He's a tall dude. He's like six 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 seven. Uh, a little bit of high school wrestling at East Ridge, for what that's worth. Yeah, I'll let y'all have it. Just so you guys remember, too, C.J. Baker is the one that that's took the fight against uh, A.J. Johnson originally, and A.J. ended up backing out. Yeah, that's right. C.J. Baker was going to be A.J. Johnson's debut, um, and then A.J. ended up pulling out, but C.J. was was down for the task. (laughs) He was ready to go. All right, Corey. Oh, well, you just sold me there. I'll take C.J. All right. Greg? I got to ask, Taylor Burton wrestled, and C.J. Baker, does he have – how many thoughts does he have? C.J. Baker's 2-0. You know, he also independent, independently out of East fact, Ridge. Oh, CJ's out of East Ridge. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Burton is, is out of okay. Somerset, Kentucky, with Ian Lawler and those guys. Oh, okay. I'll go with CJ then. But I'll, yeah, I'll go with CJ. Hobbs. I, mean, I got CJ as well. And Paul. Ah. Uh-huh. Um. I don't. I didn't do my 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 homework on these guys. But you know what? Ian Lawler usually brings some pretty good guys from his gym. So I'm going to go with Kerbal. I'm going to go with Taylor. All right. So Paul standing alone with Burton and everybody else takes Baker. All right. Rounding out this first set of fights, we've got uh, a rematch here. Flyweight, 125 pounds. Nick Ferguson, independent fighter out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Used to train with national martial arts. Dustin Koppel in the gang. He, he's not with them anymore. Uh, he's 0-1, and, and his one loss is to the guy he's fighting, and that is Rocket Ray Hewitt, 2-2 two and two out of KMAA. Um, Ray had uh, came out of the gates at 0-2, but has won his last two fights now, uh, including the one against Ferguson. So, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of flyweights on the board for this one. So these guys were down to run it back. Uh, So we'll see if there's any different uh, result. The first time was a submission win in the first round for Ray Hewlett. But from what I recall, Ferguson came out and was pretty live in the stand-up. He's very aggressive, and he he tagged Hewitt a couple times. Uh, once Ray got into the ground, it was over pretty quick. But uh, one would imagine if this stays standing, we could maybe see a different outcome. I'll let you guys have it. All right, Greg. 
I wish Tim wouldn't have thrown that little uh, tidbit of advice out there because I was sitting there thinking that Nick Ferguson was winning on the feet from four. It went to the ground, and then Ray wrapped his octopus body around him and just started strangling him. Uh, I got to go. Yeah, Ray's like six go feet tall at 125. I, that's a hard pick, man. Why did he fight again? Did I pick against Ray last time? I'm going to go. I'm going to – Nick, it's redemption time. Man, I'm going to go with Ray Hewlett. I'm going to go against what I think. Ray Hewlett. All right, Hobbs. Paul, Ray, and Corey. Dang, I'm gonna be the oddball. I think I like this guy coming back for the rematch, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Ferguson. I think he's gonna be smarter this time and pull out that win, even it out between them. All right, so Corey taking Ferguson. Everybody else going with the uh, rocket. All right, up next, it is a catch weight of 190 pounds. It is going to be Will Darley, who is 0-1, uh, coming out of combat performance, Hendersonville, North Carolina, teammate to Gabe Tayarag under the tutelage of Nick Martino. He'll be taking on the debuting Caleb Holt, who is independently fighting out of Knoxville. This will be the first time we've seen Caleb. I really don't know what to expect out of him. I think physically these guys match up pretty close, but uh, I really just don't have much more beyond that for y'all. All right, get it started, Hobbs. Yeah, I'm going to go with Darling, just the experience. Darling? All yes, right, sir, Paul. Darling. Um, you, you don't have any more information on Caleb? Man, I mean, he's, you know, he's six feet tall. Um, you know, he's done some, he's done some classes at KMAA. He's gone over there and done some training, certainly not enough to like be able to, to fight under them. Um, you know, I know he's been trying to stay in shape for this thing and he's been wanting to take a fight for man, six, seven, eight months now. So like, he's been kind of, you know, getting himself in shape to do one for a while. And Darley, I just, he didn't fight his first one for us. And so I don't, I've never seen him, him compete in person. Uh, you know what? I'll get. I'll, I'll go with Darley, just because experience. All right, Corey. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna go Darley, just experience and actually being claimed under a camp. It's hard to bet on the independent typically. Greg. Greg. Sorry, shit. Pull out the broom, Darley. My bad. No, nah, I had y'all meet her again, Darley. You're a genius, Greg. All right, everybody pick Darley on that one. All right. Up next, we got featherweight action. It's Jasper Scott making his debut. Uh, he is an independent fighter out of uh, – uh, let's see, he is from uh, Cumberland. He's from Cumberland, Kentucky, just right above the state line there. And he is uh, – yeah, he's a guy that he's been hitting me up to fight now for a while. Um, it's kind of like uh, Holt. You know, he's just finally been able to make it happen. Looks like he's a tall, lean guy. Um, but I just don't know, you know, that he's got any kind of credentials or anything coming into this. He'll be taking on a lot. Elijah Gilbertson, uh, KMAA, one and three. Finally, he got that uh, monkey off his back. He was 0-3 coming into his last fight. Uh, he had joined KMAA for the first time, and he got the win out there over Chris Weathers last time out. I was happy to see him get that. Uh, another really tall, long, lean guy for the 145 class. He's actually built really good for it. Uh, it's just uh, a matter of uh, his skills catching up to that to that size. So at KMAA, I'm sure they're getting him ready for this, and he's he told me he's wanting to get his record up to even by the end of the year. Ninja Turtle, back to you. Uh, after watching Elijah's fight last time with Chris Weathers, he was getting demolished, and Chris Weathers just pretty much quit. 
Uh, and not knowing anything about that Jasper Scott guy, that's what that's what's bugging me. Because I want to get Elijah last time, and it bit me in the butt. And I I want to go against him again this time, just because I don't know this guy. But at the same time, he's an independent. Can't always depend on them, especially when I have no idea what kind of background they have. So I'm going with Elijah. Don't fail me. All right, Corey. Yeah, I'm gonna go the same way. I'm gonna go with Elijah. Sticking with the camp. Sounds like he's making smart decisions in the Amy career. So we'll go that direction. Greg. Um, make sure I'm not muted one more again. Uh, we don't have no nothing on Jasper Scott. No background. No no credentials at all, Tim. No, there's really not much besides I know he's tall and lean. Uh, he's he's just a self trained guy, you know. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jasper Scott. Hobbs. All right, so Greg, Tig, and Scott, everybody else on the Gilberson train. All right, up next, middleweight action. Uh, this is uh, was supposed to be uh, a fellow named Chandler Gorley from Bristol making his debut, but he flaked out about a week ago. So now we have got the debut of LaMarcus Young Juice Johnson, who is out of Knoxville, Tennessee. He's a debut, tall, lean guy. He's about 6'3", uh, looks to be in good shape, uh, athletic, uh, but hasn't competed yet, so who knows? And he's going to be welcomed to the cage by Tommy, the Whisperer Waller, Formerly my Duncan guy, but he quit. So now he's no longer the Duncan guy. He's like the Lowe's guy. But uh, he is—he's uh, two and zero with two finishes, and oddly enough, both those finishes by submission. Uh, independently fighting out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, real good young kid, and uh, yeah, he's only 18, 19 years old. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see if he can keep that O intact, or if a young juice is coming in here to spoil the party. All right, Corey. Man, this one, this one, I'm telling you, first minute. I told Tim the other night when we talked about these fights, the first minute of this fight might be really interesting, but I'm going to go with Tommy here. I'd like to I'd like to see a nice little scrap, but I think Tommy Waller finishes him. All right, Greg. Uh, so, LaMarcus Johnson, that's a late replacement real quick. Yeah, he took the fight about a week ago. And Tommy, is he training at KMA now, or is he no, still no, he's at twenty four seven fitness, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've went with Tommy Waller many times, but now that he's not at Duncan no more, he don't have that he don't have that Duncan behind him, you know. And then you know what, fucking country runs on Duncan, man. So I gotta go with Lamarcus. <laughs> lost his clout. <laughs> All right, Hobbs. Um. Did he when he sent in his nickname? Did he spell Young with the Y U N G? Is that of course correct? He did. Is that a typo? <laughs> oh, is, there any, is there any other way to spell okay. it? <laughs> no. Okay, uh, Tom Waller. <laughs> yeah, if I will say against my pick of Tommy okay. Waller, if Marcus Johnson wins, I want to be at his after party. I'll just leave that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's taking Cash App donations for it right now. <laughs> uh, all right, Paul. Um, so this Lamar guy, what, uh, what do we know about him? Like, does he have? Is he? What do you see in the gym or what? No, no, he's just a, he's an independent guy. He's tall. He's about six three. Looks like he's lean and in shape and an athletic fellow. Uh, but that's that's about it. Paul, if you and Greg will listen when Tim talks, in that case, first I think that's what I said. <laughs> um. Well, he brought me donuts last time, so I'm gonna go with Tony. Tommy. All right. Greg going with Johnson. Everybody else with Tommy. 
All right. Up next, we're getting into some more experience, guys. It's Bantamweight fight, 135 pounds. It's the first time we've hosted this team, so I'm excited to have him down. It is Deshaun Two-Piece Morton, two and four, out of Team Notorious in Columbus, North, or I'm sorry, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, striker and uh, looks to be an athletic fellow and uh, looking to bang. Uh, he'll be taking on the undefeated young Jackson Donovan, four and zero oh at the moment, out of KMAA. Has uh, been able to to get some very impressive missions uh all of his wins uh coming by by finish if i'm not mistaken so far in his uh four fights so it'll be interesting to see if morton's able to keep a standing and force uh jackson to, to strike or if jackson's able to get him down to the ground and and work those subs all right greg uh i gotta go with the uh tom brady's son jackson donovan <laughs> <laughs> hobbs Uh, I'm going to go Donovan as well, just with this 4 0 record. But let it be said, I, I do appreciate the nickname Two Piece. Yeah. Paul? After, after Jackson's last fight, uh, fight, beat my teammate Bradley Brayfield, I'm going, I'm going with Jackson. I like, I like the other guy with the Two Piece and him being a striker, but I, I found out um, Jack and Donovan's in the crypt and not know a lot of uh, strikers, especially if you don't have any ground game. Just saying. Corey? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the same direction. Jackson Donovan, man, this kid, he looks smooth on tape. He's, he, if he gets it to the ground, he's going to find a finish, and he'll probably just add a, another submission to the list. Clean sweep. This next one will be a middleweight bout, and it is a number one contender bout. So the winner of this one is going to get a shot at that strap held by Tank Wilson at the moment. It's going to be Jason Williams, four and six, coming out of Lofren's Boxing and Jiu-Jitsu, which is a sister school to uh, it is a sister school to the Somerset Martial Arts Gang. So Ian Lawler and those guys are affiliated with this this group out of London, Kentucky. Jason Williams, four and six, very tall. He's like six foot four, and he has not fought in like six or seven years. It's been a while since he's competed. Uh, he looks like he is. Uh, he's got a mean streak to him. Purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and it'll really just be interesting to see how much the cage rust will play a factor after being out so long. He'll be taking on Logan Dean, 1-0, independent out of New Bern, North Carolina. Don't let the independent label fool you here. Logan Dean is a multiple-time Virginia State High School wrestling champion, as well as wrestled collegiately at Campbell uh, University. He has uh, got his one win over Caleb uh, Frank up on a strike fest card. Caleb Frank, at one time, out of the Tri-Cities, was a very hyped prospect up there, very athletic guy, and he managed to get him out of there. Uh, his wrestling is very, very good. He's got a very good chin. He hits very hard, and he's just a rugged mountain man with wrestling. So uh, I'm really excited for this fight because uh, no matter how it plays out, I think either guy will be a pretty fun fight for Tank. All right, Hobbs. A couple of things here. One, you said the magic word wrestling, so go ahead and write Greg down for Logan Dean. Right. Uh, two, <laughs> how the hell do you congratulate – how do you congratulate any of these guys when the fucking prize is Tank? Um, right. But I am going to um, – well, I'm going to go with that wrestler, too, man. I love wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Um, How long did you say Jason was out for? Six years, seven years. Hmm. Well, fuck everybody else. No, this is the cut. six months. It's, it's all fair game now. 
Yeah, right. I know, right. I'm going to go with Jason. I'm going to say this is a comeback fight. I won't, I'm feeling Logan, but I'm feeling Jason's coming back. That's why he's coming back. He's coming back with that comeback fight. Corey? Man, I think I'm uh, I'm going with Dean. I think it's going to be a fun fight, a really fun fight when it, if it gets to the ground, depending on uh, – the one thing that scares me, though, is that, that six or seven years I'll talk about that he hasn't fought since. At the, at the end of the day, second or third round, I think this Logan Dean kid, he's fresh in the game. He's going to want it. You know, coming off a prestigious high school and a little bit of collegiate wrestling – this guy, he's ready to hit the next level, I'd say. I'm For the record, May the, May the 18th, 2013 would have been his last one. So, like, seven months in a – or, I'm sorry, seven years in a month or something. Hi, Greg. Yeah, uh, what, what Jeff said, Dane. I'm going to go with Dane. <laughs> All right. Paul standing alone with Williams. All right, this next one is going to be fun. This is a full rules tie kickboxing bout. So no headgear, no shin guards. We're throwing elbows with pads, the whole shebang. It's Chance Keller, five and five with four of those uh, wins coming by knockout out of the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Teammates of Zach Fox, who we're very familiar with. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, these are all these guys. They're very technical, traditional tie fighters they uh they only do tie they don't they don't do anything but that no no mma no k1 so these guys are very serious about their tie kickboxing and uh and they're all very skilled and and very uh, you know very game fighters He'll be taking on a guy that I've been a fan of here for several years, Daquan Sutton, four and one with three of those knock, uh, three of those wins coming by way of knockout. This will be his first fight under the KMAA banner, which will be interesting to see. He's been a guy that's been on my radar is a very very accurate striker uh, with some power, um, and, you know, flashy, quick, athletic, just a you know very very entertaining fighter. I'll be interested to see if this move to KMAA brings him to the next level. Uh, I'm excited for this one. All right, Paul. Daquan all the way. Corey? Yeah, Daquan for me, too. Greg? Daquan. Hobbs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll stay with Daquan. I picked him before I realized this was even not MMA, but I guess all the same. Yeah, yeah Daquan. <laughs> all right. Clean sweep. <laughs> all right, now let's get to the meat of the card. Final six bouts. Uh, this next one, a catch weight of 160 pounds. It's actually been changed to 165 pounds now. But uh, we have got um, the uh, last-minute replacement. Uh, uh, the first part of this fight is uh, your one of your referees that you've seen over the over the year. Uh, one of our junior refs that has become, you know, uh, put in there in some, some pretty big fights lately, really coming along. But uh, his name is uh, the Honey Badger, Chris Bond. Uh, and he is three and three in MMA uh, just recently joined Maryville BJJ in Maryville Tennessee he is uh, a guy that's been around for a while man you know he's been fighting for six seven eight years but he's been sporadic in how often he competes you know there'll be uh, times when he'll compete several times in a year there'll be a year where he doesn't compete so uh, he's very tall and, lank and lanky he's uh, got technical striking I'm sure his uh, ground game has caught up to his striking ever at Maryville BJJ uh, he was originally supposed to take on uh, a fellow named Corey Tier, who uh, bugged the shit out of me for I guess the last half a year uh, trying 
trying to get a fight. You know, he's a guy that was all, you know, send his picture in real quick, want a graphic, put it up, make it look like he's fighting. Well, that motherfucker ghosted us here this week. And after all that uh, wasted time, <laughs> essentially, he just said he wasn't ready to fight. Uh, so through a bunch of lies about how uh, he was he someone someone else was supposed to tell me that he wasn't fighting. Actually, Paul's manager in a small world. But apparently this guy manages this amateur fighter that's never had any fights as well. And uh, he was supposed to tell me that he was pulling out allegedly two months ago, which is hard to believe considering we haven't even been matching the card for two months. But uh, regardless, fuck Corey Tier. The new opponent is Trip Hallman, who is making his debut. And he's a guy that we really don't know a lot about. He just took the fight this week. He is uh, training with Caleb Holt, who we talked uh, about earlier today, uh, who's fighting Will Darley. Those, those guys have been getting each other ready. And that's like a weird uh, kind of cool thing, too. He's like, I was asking Caleb if you could help me fill this fight. He's like, uh, yeah, my uh, my kid's new stepdad might do it. He's been helping me get ready for this fight. I'm like, well, that sounds awkward, but I'm down <laughs> for sure if we can make it happen. And we did make it happen. So props to Trip Hallman. Yeah. Thank you, Caleb. I got y'all shots at the fight. And uh, and I know Chris Bond's super happy to have a fight, uh, you know, instead of not getting one at the very last minute. <laughs> All right, Corey, go ahead. All right, I'm going to go with Chris Bond on this one. I actually judged his debut, like, years ago. Uh, he's a good dude. I think he's at a good place. Shout out to Maryville BJJ. I like all the guys down there. Joe Watson's a good guy. Happy to see them represent somebody. But, uh, yeah, Chris Bond, that's what I'm going to go with. You judged Chris Bond's debut? I want to say it was his debut or... Uh, it was one of his early fights, yeah. It was one of the first times I ever did it personally. It was still up in uh, Gatlinburg at the time. Yeah, well, I, I, know, fought him, forward, sorry. I fought him in his debut. Did you? Yeah. What What was the result? Because he, he, he won this one. I subbed him in like 39 seconds. Okay, no, this wasn't his debut then. Because <laughs> he won this fight. This was his first win, I want to say, but I thought it was his debut. It was a while ago. All right. All right, Greg. I'm going to go with Bond. Hobbs. Okay, before I make this pick, let me just let me just say this. As I'm listening to y'all's bullshit picks, I'm scrolling Facebook because I don't care what the fuck y'all are talking about. <laughs> I, I come across a Chris Bond, a Chris Bond post, man. He's got him a woman now. And look, I don't, you know how we do. We're just going to put people out on front street. Right, this dude puts up a post. Listen, ladies, stop sending me pictures of your nipple piercings or I will block you. Have some respect for you. <laughs> well, Chris, fucking send them nipple pics my way. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Come on, dude. Love. I'm telling you, nipple. I love new relationship. It's fucking nipple this sweet. But Chris, send them fucking pics my way. If you don't want them, don't homie, don't block them. With that being said, if he loves her this much and I applaud him for he does, that means she's there, which means he ain't losing this fucking fight. Uh, and she cooked him a hell of a dinner tonight, I see too. And it looks good. Uh, so I'm going Chris Bond as well. All right, Paul. I'm going with Nibble, I'm going with Mr. Nipple Blaze for 100. <laughs> All right, Bond with the sweep. 
All right, up next, it's featherweight action. It is Bradley Brakefield, 3-3 three and three from the Goon Squad in Union, South Carolina. Teammates with Paul on the line with us. Teammates with Brian Jackson, uh, Daniel Gary, and the gang. Uh, coming off of a submission loss to the aforementioned Jackson Donovan, Brakefield's been one of these guys that's been like back and forth, back and forth. He's beaten guys, he's lost to guys, but he's always fought pretty tough competition, and he's very durable. Uh, he'll be taking on Ninja Nick Wigley, 3-1 and one out of KMAA. It's been a minute since we've seen Nick, over a year now at this point. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see some if he's got some cage rust coming back against a pretty tough opponent. Now, one thing we can say is Wigley trains with Jackson Donovan, who beat Bradley Brakefield. He trains with Anthony Cocker and the Seagoat, who Bradley Brakefield beat. So he's got two guys in his camp that have fought, you know, against this uh, against this guy. And uh, I'm sure he'll have a little bit of insight from them. But you can't always count on that kind of thing. So I think this will be a pretty interesting thing. All right, Greg. I got to do Nick Wig. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this quick. I'm not going to go through it. I'm just going to take a break. So, man, it gets tough. Tough nails. Hobbs. Oh, now you want to shut up. Uh, I'm going Nick Wigley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul? I'm going my boy Brakefield. Brakefield's about, about to break break it. That's what's about to happen. He's about to break it. He's about to break it down and win it. Corey? Yeah, uh, just going along with what Tim said, I don't know why you fought the same team three times. I feel like you give them the blueprint. But I really, uh, after looking at the records, I feel like Wigley, everybody he's won against were debuts. Brakefield's faced a lot of tough com- competition. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to take a Brakefield. All right. Hobbs stands alone. Interesting. All right. So up like next, uh, heavyweights, uh, two debuts here. Big boys are going to throw down. It is Jamel Titanium Taylor all the way down from Indianapolis, Indiana. This guy's been hitting me up one to five for uh, several months. You know, we had him booked, and then the COVID uh, incident hit, so you had to push back. Very eager to get in there. He's a little bit older. I want to say he's about 38. Uh, he is. Uh, had told me that he was getting ready to make his amateur debut uh, about five or six years ago and had a, a bad car accident that sent him back. But now he is ready to do this. Uh, big guy, you know, he's, he's uh, about 250 pounds. He'll be taking on also a debut in Julian Pooh Goins, who is now no longer want to be known as Pooh. He wants to be known as the Black Cowboy. And he is a familiar face. If you have been to our shows at the Joe, you have seen Julian uh, work in security there. He is very, very tall, uh, long guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that um, really we just don't know what to expect out of either one of these guys. You got heavyweights. You've got uh, Goins is going to have the uh, height and reach advantage significantly, but I think he'd probably give up a good 20 pounds to Taylor in this fight as well. So uh, you know, there may be a little pressure on uh, on Goins. Uh, uh, fighting in front of his uh, employee, co-workers, essentially, you know. So I'm sure that there are high hopes for him. I've got hopes for both of these guys, and I'm excited for this heavyweight bout. Titanium versus the Black Cowboy. All right, Hobbs. Uh, well, I've been in a situation like this before down here at Silverado's when one of the uh, employees decided to fight, and, uh, yeah, he's not going to lose in front of his uh, co-workers and, uh, I'm sure he's uh, hyped this up over the last few weeks that the Joe's been open to the patrons of the bar to come see him. So uh, I am going with Black Cowboy Julian Goins. Paul. Chandler's, uh, it's related to Chandler Goins, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. They, they, I can see how you might uh, think that, but I think that's just a coincidence. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Good. Thank you, Hobbs. You finally be quiet. Um, uh, I'm going with the Black Cowboy for sure. Corey? Um, I'm going to go with old Titanium in this one. Just because it looks like he's got a mugshot sitting up here on the uh, the fire poster. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that's, the, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, man, he he looks like that might have been his mugshot. No disrespect to him. He looks a little scarier than old Pooh. Or Black Cowboy. I'm sorry. My bad. All right, Greg. Man, I wasn't even thinking about that mugshot until you just said it. Now I'm sitting here looking like <laughs> they just straight up got out. If he's fresh out, like he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Black Cowboy here, man. All right. Corey stands with uh, Taylor on his own. All right. Feature bout. This is the last fight that we had a late change on. It was uh, originally supposed to be Dan Bailey, 3-1 and one out of KMAA, coming off his first loss to Andrew Havener uh, last time out. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he rebounds off a loss. Uh, he is uh, dropping down in weight to the lowest that we've seen. Originally supposed to fight Jacob Rakes uh, at 145 pounds out of uh, Ian Lawler's group there with Somerset Martial Arts. Rakes with a freak injury here this week, and he is uh, on the shelf now. Uh, hopefully he recovers quickly, but we have a late replacement uh, coming in, and now the fight will be at 150 pounds, still the lowest that Bailey has been. Uh, he'll be taking on 1-2 and two, Matthew Price out of Michigan BJJ in Detroit, Michigan. Um, not a lot known about these guys. He's 5'8". Uh, looks like he has done all three of his uh, fights uh, back in 2019. Um, he has lost two fights by, uh, I'm sorry, he won a fight by decision. He lost a fight by decision. And then his other one, he got TKO'd. Uh, this will be an interesting one here because who knows how Bailey's going to, you know, look making lower than 55. He was a decent size 55. Uh, and then uh, the short notice uh, changing opponent. And of course, Price, uh, Price, I'll say, was hitting me up looking to jump on this fight, knowing it was short notice before I even had a slot. So it kind of worked out easy in my for me to, to fill the fight, but uh, that tells me maybe he's training and, you know, he's just looking for a fight to come in on short notice. So I'll be interested to see this. By the way, Dan Bailey is the brother of Ray Hewlett. So these guys have fought together on cards in the past. It's always cool to have both those guys. All right, Paul. He's taking the fight on short notice, like Tim said. He, and then Dan, Dan, Dan looked really pissed off after he lost that fight. You know what? I'm going with Dan. I think Dan's going to take it. Corey. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Bailey. I didn't really get to even look up much on the other guy. I do like the attitude Tim kind of put out there. He might he might have just been ready for one, but this uh, Bailey kid looked pretty good all around. I'm, I'm going to take him. Greg. <clears throat> That's what I love getting into these late bouts and the feature bout, Co and Maine. These guys are starting to cut weight. You know, they're like not just losing weight to get there, they're starting to cut weight to get down to there. And uh, that starts to play a factor in the in late in the rounds. But I'm going to go with Dan Bailey here. All right, Hobbs. Did you say Bailey and Hewlett are brothers? They are. Did I- are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying. Do they? Do you know? Do they share the same father or mother? Like why the? That I'm not sure. Of. Maybe they're like. I think they're like them? half brothers, but I'm not sure which side right. is which, that they, they, they share. If it's the mother or the father, huh? Yeah. Huh. Well, 
and I was hoping I could figure that out for my stick. Um, <laughs> if they share the same dad, then you're going with Bailey. If you they share, if they share the same mom, you're going with Price. <laughs> no, it was the opposite. But oh, whatever, savage. I was gonna, um, I'm going. I'm going Bailey. All right. I like clean. I like boil. I like boil. Yeah. <laughs> clean sweep for Dan. Co-main event, we're almost through this bad boy. Lightweights, 155 pounds, and the lightweight uh, sanctioned debut of our guest that we had just a little bit earlier today, Sam McAlpin. He is uh, coming out of the uh, PMAC, the Powell Martial Arts Center in Henniger, Alabama. Um, we've seen Sam a couple of times in the Valor Cage, but the last time it's been it's been like two or three years since last time out, and he was fighting at heavyweight then. So Sam's lost a lot of weight, getting down to 155 pounds. Props to him. He's also working on promoting his own show in a week, the AFC down in Alabama. So I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate here coming into this one. But Sam's got a couple big knockouts. Got a big knockout over Frankie Padilla at the International. That's that's kind of his shining moment you know, in the Valor cage. Uh, so, you know, he's got pop in his hands. He's, he's aggressive. He comes forward. Uh, he'll be taking on another guy that's aggressive and comes forward. And uh, the honey badger, Brandon McGee, two and two out of Gamma in Greenville. Last time out, we saw him in the main event losing a decision to Garrett Sharp. No shame in that one. Uh, also, his other loss to Dan Bailey. So his two losses have been to pretty good guys. Uh, he's very aggressive. He comes out and throws hands and he's, got a glorious mullet and just a uh, an all-around exciting fighter and this is one that i'm really pumped for because i don't see how this one could be bad all right Corey. oh yeah i'm gonna take mcgee here uh, i really like McAlpin. i i was kind of interested when i saw he came from heavyweight you, when you're that big and you get you get down to 155 and those smaller weights those guys hit hard i used to train with a guy that was over 205 and got down to 135 and that man he hit you like he had bricks in his hands you used to move him around with all that weight but uh, McGee, man, this is going to be his fifth fight in a year's time. I think he's more active. I think it's going to be a scrap either way, but uh, I'm taking McGee. Greg. That's exactly what Corey said, man. Like, Sam has lost a lot of weight for this fight, a whole lot of weight. And, and Corey, I mean, you know, Sam's not old. He's only, like, what, 26, 27 years old. He's not that old. And, uh, and you know, but Brandon's a young buck, and he's, trying, he's coming in there fire. And I, I know this is probably doesn't go the distance and sam has got tremendously better on his feet i don't know how good his ground game is and for that factor i'm probably going to have to go with mcgee on this one hobbs do they know that there's two honey badgers on this fucking car <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, I know that myself. They... somebody's fucking he's gonna be pissed well, don't you hate that? Like, if somebody else goes before you and uses your song, or they have the same fucking yeah. nickname, we'll do the double way. Well, well, the Honey Badger, Chris Bond. I'll just play whatever Brandon McGee's song is for him too. <laughs> <laughs> who, had the, who, who had the nickname first? So. He'd be hot. <laughs> just two, add a two point at the end of it, Jeff. And the ring at a two point at the end of it. Honey Badger two point oh, whatever. Two point oh, the real. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'm going with uh, I'm going with uh, McGee. Paul, you know what? I'm gonna take the curveball. I'm gonna take Sam, just because I've been in contact with Sam over the past few months. I'm I like I like the Honey Badger. I've seen I, when him and Garrett fought. That was a great fight. I've seen Brandon fight Brandon fight before. He's really good. 
But you know what? I'm, I'm going with Sam. I'm going with Sam. All right, Paul, going with Sam. Everybody else with uh, Brandon McGee. All right, main event time, and we've got a title on the line. Welterweight Championship, first one we've had up since Trevor Peak had it well over a year ago, so, so we got to put that bad boy back up for grabs. It is going to be the Amish assassin, Alan Miller, from uh, Somerset Martial Arts, under Ian Lawler, several teammates on this card. This guy has a great story. We talked to him last week. He ran away from home in the middle of the night uh, as a teenager to escape his his Amish lifestyle i mean we're talking straight horse and buggy you know driving a car for the first time cell phones all that shit and uh i've really been impressed with this kid he is uh fought for us two times both times he fought parker wadman he won one he lost one both by split decision very close fights uh parker was able to implement his wrestling against alan pretty pretty well the first fight didn't do a whole lot of damage from the top and Allen did a lot from the bottom and thought he kind of got robbed on that decision the second time uh, around uh, uh, Parker still got some takedowns but his his uh, takedowns weren't nearly as successful the second time and Alan Miller was able to outwork him for the win in that one uh, Carter Beekman three and one out of Blaylock Zion Beach at Anuga that'll be the opposition uh, Carter coming off two big wins in a row, a big knockout over Darren Hastings, and then another one over Logan Crowley uh, back at Saudi Daisy. That was uh, two big wins in a row for him since he joined Blaylock's IMB. He has got melting power. He is uh, very aggressive, very strong, quick, explosive. Uh, both of these guys are – they go for it, man. I don't – this is going to be a worthy main event, a worthy title fight, and uh, I don't think either guy is going to have an easy night. All right, Greg. Uh, I've seen Alan fight a few times, and dude's a dude's a damn spark plug. Uh, doesn't quit going, and I, that's the one thing that worries me with Carter. I'm wondering how. Uh, I don't know how much he's been training during this whole uh, uh, pandemic and whatnot. But uh, with that being said, I know Carter's got that damn showstopper uh, in both hands, and he can stop it. You know, standing on the feet. And I, th- I don't think that Alan's going to be able to out wrestle Carter. So I got to go with the home team right here: uh, Chattanooga, Carter Bickman. Hobbs. Chattanooga, baby, all the way. Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> uh, you goddamn right. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't remember what's his name here. Uh, Rum Springer, the the Amish guy. He's uh, tall, blonde. Yeah, uh, he's blonde fought for yeah, yeah, he's fought for us two times, both against Parker Wadman. He, he's tall. He's uh, blonde, clean cut, really nice fellow. Uh, pretty good striking, very uh, very aggressive, pretty decent jujitsu. Uh, from what I could tell early, he just his wrestling defense wasn't stellar, but that's improved. It seems like he's big too. Right, he's, he's well, a big kid. Yeah, he is. He's big. He's very big. He's a big old boy. Uh, Big, big and so he left home. He left home. Um, well, if he's, I don't know, if he's going to stand with Carter, he's going to, you know, I'm going to beat him too. I'm going with Chad Nugget too, baby. Oh, originally, I was originally on when this, when I heard that Carter was fighting for a title before the pandemic at the Saudi Navy card, I was going to pick against Carter. But since I have no reason to pick against him now, Carter beat me for the win. All right, Corey. Man, I uh, I actually watched almost every single one of both of these guys' fights over the last day. And uh, 
I was really falling in love with Alan Miller, thinking that he might be able to pull this off. And then Tim sent me Carter Beekman's most recent fight. Uh, I guess that's the Saudi Daisy. I might be incorrect, uh, but yeah, that was uh, Logan Crowley at, at Saudi Daisy. Logan Crowley's tough. He's okay. tough ginger. And uh, so, were you actually fucking that kid? <laughs> oh yeah, dude! I'm coming out here trying to win. I'm trying to win. <laughs> he's taking Greg off. He's not a Greg off. Really watch fight. He watched. He watched film. No, uh, no, for real though. I, I, I hate to say this, but uh, Carter Beekman in that last <laughs> fight, he came out and he looked like a young Adam Townsend. I hate to, I hate to throw that name out there, but just uh, physically, size, the way he came after it, it just. I don't know if Miller's going to be able to handle it, but if Miller can grind this out for three rounds, you know, it could it could get ugly for Beekman. But I'm I'm taking Beekman with the finish, man. All right, clean sweep for Beekman. That's a bit of a surprise, too. I'm excited for that one. Guys, that's going to wrap up our picks panel. We're going to reconvene next week. We'll recap this show. We'll see how everybody did on their picks. And uh, I feel like we're, you know, usually we've got a lot more clean sweeps than we do tonight. It feels like how many clean sweeps we got, Justin? Not that many, right? Um, no, I mean, probably four or five. That's not that bad. Um, there was, surprisingly enough, there was zero splits. None were two and two? None were two and two. Damn. 20, 21 right. fights, Damn. none of them were two and two. All right, before we wrap it up, guys, uh, this will be the last thing on the show. Let's get everybody's pick for your uh, pick for fight of the night, and uh, we'll see uh, who, who picks that one as well. Uh, your pick each guy for your, for fight of the night. Good, Greg. Your idea. Uh, I'm, I'll go ahead and take the uh, – I'm excited for the uh, Carter Bickman and Allen fight, man. That's going to be fireworks. All right. Main event. Um, I'm going to say, I don't, fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> Chad Finnerty. Man, ask me out. Go to somebody, go to somebody else, man. <laughs> go to somebody right. else. Hob, Hob takes Finnerty and Blevins. <laughs> what about you, Paul? I'm taking Sam and Brandon. Good. Right. Oh, I, got, oh, I got mine. I got mine. I got mine. All right, go ahead. I got mine. Y'all ready? Me. It's going to be Young Juke. Young oh. Juice versus The Whisperer. Oh. I like Waller. It. All right. Corey? I was split between that fight, and I'm actually I'm going to go with uh, Jason Williams and Logan Dean. I think we might see a little ground war in that one, and I'm interested to see that one. All right. Everybody's got a different take on that one, and uh, and all of them are worthy ones. This is one of these cards, guys, where you don't have just an abundance of star power, but the matchups are ones that I believe will deliver a pretty damn entertaining night of action. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, joining us. <coughs> of course, you can catch this show on pay-per-view, bfcmma.com, or you can be there live in person if you're lucky enough to get a ticket. I don't know that I can guarantee that, but if you do, uh, you want to go to fightertickswithanx.com and uh, make an attempt at such. Otherwise, check it out on pay-per-view. Greg Hopkins will be on there calling the action. And uh, next week, we will recap all this and see how everyone did on their picks as well as get ready for that big UFC 251 card. Uh, Thanks again to my co-host, Justin Watson. Of course, uh, Jeff Hobbs, Greg... uh, 
uh, Greg Hopkins, Corey Weigel, Paul Teague, everybody for joining us, as well as our guests tonight, uh, which were Sam McAlpin and Carter Beekman. You can catch them in the main and co-main event Friday night. Till then, this is another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm Tim Loy signing out. Peace. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. We live in a culture of recency biased. And look, it was an awesome fight. But if you tell me I got to make my fight of the year vote today, it's still Wiley Zhang versus Yohan Yanjaychik for me. Yeah, that's the conversation to be had. And, and I've seen people say this is a fight of the year. And honestly, I'm not going to like get too mad about that opinion because to be honest, it was pretty dang close. What I loved about this fight was that it was just phenomenal kind of like it, it was just nonstop in like every facet of the game. It was just unreal. You would have a guy get an advantage and the other guy in the disadvantaged position for the most part it was Poye maybe off of his back would turn things around. It was just nonstop. But when you look in totality, the, I do believe Zhang and Ioana was the best fight. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.